Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Today is episode 366, looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to 16. Let's read our passage. This is why we constantly thank God, because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it not as a human message, but as it truly is, the word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, since you have suffered the same things from people of your own country, just as they did from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. They displease God and are hostile to everyone by keeping us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. As a result, they are constantly filling up their sins to the limit, and wrath has overtaken them at last. This is Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, the church at Thessalonica. He wrote 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians while he was in Corinth on the second missionary journey. He had just been there not too long before this. We're not sure of the exact time frame, but there was persecution in Thessalonica, and so Paul left, went down to Berea, then down to Athens, and then to Corinth. While he was in Athens, he had sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to check up on them, and now he and Silas have rejoined Paul in Corinth. And based on Timothy's report, Paul's sending this letter to the Thessalonians. Well, he's been talking about the rumors that he was in it for his own gain to get what he could from them. And he's been arguing, no, I did then. Don't make judgments based on what other people are telling you. Base judgments based on what you saw yourselves. And you saw how I lived with you, how I interacted with you, and how we treated you. He's talked about how he cares about them and how God cares about them. So let's pick it up now in verse 13 of chapter 2. He says, this is why we constantly thank God. Because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as human message, but as it truly is, the word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. There's a lot in that verse. One, just the idea of constantly thanking God. We should thank God for one another. Thank God that he cares about not just us, but the others around us. And so we should get thank God for those around us. But specifically, what he's thinking about is that they received the word of God. And here, the idea of, okay, didn't just we preached the word of God, but you received the word of God. And that's something to be thankful about. But that's the only way you can come to Christ is by receiving the word of God. It has to go beyond just hearing it. You have to receive it. And by receive it just means believe it. And the reason they did was because they recognized it wasn't a human message, but it's God's message. And that's a, a, a key point there. The gospel is God's message. It's not just something that we made up. It's not just a set of doctrines that we believe. It's the, the message from God. And so often there is an argument about, well, what does it take to be reconciled with God? Or even do you need to be 
reconciled with God. Well, the gospel we preach is, yes, you must be reconciled with God because you're separated from God because of sin. Well, not everybody believes that. Some people think that everybody's okay. That even those who claim to be Christians say, well, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the sins for everybody. So everybody's okay with God. There is no reconciliation needed. It's already taken care of. Well, it's not the gospel we preach. We preach the gospel that, yes, what Jesus did is sufficient, but you still need to, as Paul said, receive the word of God. You still need to believe and repent and accept the gift of salvation, of reconciliation with God. So we say, no, you must be reconciled with God. And how are you reconciled with God? Through faith and faith alone. That comes back to it's not just something we made up that, well, that's what we were taught. So we believe and we say you have to believe that this comes from God. And so the question is, has God told us what's necessary in order to be reconciled with God? An answer, well, yes, we believe the Bible is that message. The Bible contains that message from God of how to know God, and how to deal with God and how to become part of God's family. And so we look to the Bible for that answer. Anything else? Well, you're pretty much just making it up on your own. But some people don't like the gospel. They say it's too restrictive. God loves everybody and everybody's okay in God's eyes. Well, what do you base that on? Or they say it's too exclusive. Well, what about those who've never heard? And there's always a lot of questions. What about, what about, what about? And the, the question here is, if you're not going to accept the gospel as contained in the Bible, then what is your message of how to know God? And, and the answer is, you don't have one. You're just base, basically making up something you like. You're making up your own gospel. And so that's why we defend the gospel. We proclaim the gospel. We say it's the gospel that came from God. It's not something that we made up. And Paul's commending them that they recognize that, that it is the word of God. And then he also adds, which also works effectively in you who believe. And it does. The word of God does work effectively. How so? Well, the word of God transforms us. So the, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to transform us into what God wants us to become. The word of God instructs us. The word of God guides us. The word of God is the word of God. And so we know, what does God want? Well, we just look at the word of God. And that's how it works in us. Verse 14 for you brothers and sisters became imitators of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. Well, why is that a big deal? Well, it's not so much that they're the optimum example of how to be a church, but he's trying to give them some linkage and show that what they're going through is not different than what a lot of people go through. He says, since you have also suffered the same thing from people of your own country, just as they did from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. What he's referring to here is, who's creating the problem for the Christians in Thessalonica? It's the Jews. 
And what are the Jews upset about? When Paul and Silas and Timothy first came to Thessalonica, they went to the synagogue and they proclaimed the gospel in the synagogue. And the people initially received it. And that was the case in so many of the places they went to. They go to the synagogue and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. And the Jews are, are willing to listen with that, willing to engage that idea and think about it and discuss it. But as soon as Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy start saying, the Gentiles can also come to Christ, that's where the pushback from the Jews begins, and that's where they start to get persecution from the Jews. And so, who's persecuting the Christians back in Judea? Well, it's the hardcore Jews. Now, in Judea, all of the Christians are Jews, but it's the non-believing Jews, and it's not all the Jews. So, be careful you don't make this a, a blanket statement over all Jews, but it's some of the zealous Jews are creating all this, just as not all the Jews called for the execution of Jesus. It was the religious leaders who did, and they got people stirred up. So he says, you're being persecuted by Jews in your own country. Well, that's happening back in Judea. In fact, it happened, that's what happened with Jesus Christ, is the hostile Jews created the problem and killed Jesus. And it's been going on a long time. Who killed the prophets? Well, quite often it was their own people. It goes on and says, They displease God and are hostile to everyone by keeping us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. Here he brings this up. That's what the Jews are wound up about, is they don't want the idea of Christ the Messiah available to the Gentiles. It's okay if the Gentiles want to become Jews, but no, Gentiles cannot come to God. It just it can't happen. He goes on and says, as a result, they're constantly filling up their sins to the limit. Wrath has overtaken them at last. Again, he's not speaking of all Jews. Jesus was a Jew. Paul is a Jew. Silas is a Jew. Timothy is a Jew. He's not speaking of all Jews. And, and the initial believers in Thessalonica were Jews. He's speaking of the group of Jews who are persecuting the Christians. That's who he's speaking against. And there, there's always been a, a little group who are thinking they are defending God's honor, but launching out and actually fighting against God. That's a, a, a tragedy right there. You know, the, uh, the people who delivered Jesus over to be killed thought they were defending the word of God but they were actually fighting against God. And it's a lesson for us, even within the church. Be very careful when we start opposing something very strenuously, particularly something we don't uh, particularly like because it's new or different. We may actually be fighting against a movement of God because it doesn't fit what we think things ought to be like. We do fight against heresy. We uphold the word of God. But be careful we don't confuse style and tradition with Orthodox Christianity. So 
lesson here is that we not end up like these Jews who think they're defending God, but are actually fighting against God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through First Thessalonians.